Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning, it's Pastor Julie, and this morning we have two passages. First, from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 42 to 45. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And our second is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm so happy to be with each and every one of you here this morning. And if you're listening to the podcast or watching with us online, to know that you're with us and listening. This year has already been tough. As we've seen more political backlash and posturing, a six-year-old shoot their teacher on purpose, a war that seems to have no end, a dogfighting ring discovered, more than seems usual deadly car crashes, and it seems like I just want to call up everyone I love and remind them, just in case. Too many people are just gone too soon, without notice or even any good reason. And then there's all the violence and the hateful talk. Has anyone noticed this spirit of division just keeps spreading around the world and so much is keeping us from talking to, listening to, and remembering that we are all in this together? There's so much that is dividing us, and I think Jesus cries when we're divided. That's one reason I'm so glad you're here. If nothing else, being here or listening to this says that you believe in something more, that you have hope for this world, even if this world seems rather hopeless at times. And I pray that we all have hope for this world and understand that what is going on in the world today needs to stop, needs to go in a different direction. The violence and hate, the destruction and opposition, all those things that we as followers of Jesus Christ would know would be so different if everyone knew the love of Christ in their hearts. This world needs Jesus. We need the love of a Savior that is life-giving and life-changing. Christ calls us to share that love in saying, and in saying yes to Christ, we say yes to that mission. 
You being here this morning gives me hope. We are all in this together. We want to make a difference in what's going on in the world. But it's not easy, right? With a world of what seems like ever-diminishing resources, churches that are not flourishing like the good old days and possibly dying and, yes, even fighting amongst themselves, what, if anything, can we do? How can we get this good news of life and hope and love out to a world that so desperately needs it? How do we hear it ourselves in the midst of all the noise and chaos of everyday life? Don't we need to be changed too? Some days it seems like a battle and we're too tired to fight anymore. But what if there is a way to have the power we need to make life-giving change in our own lives, in the church, in our community, and in our world, without feeling like we're fighting a battle every day. Well, there is. There's a book I read a few years ago, Holy Currencies, by Dr. Reverend Dr. Eric Law. And in this book, he talks about the many resources churches have to change themselves and the world around them. He talks about building relationships In order to strengthen our church, our community, we can build and strengthen relationships in our church and in our community so that we know we're not in this alone, that we have each other. And as we build those relationships, people will know we care. We can't just love God's people from afar. Jesus calls us to walk with them and share our lives with them. We are created to live in community, working together. And one of the best ways to show the love of God to all is through meaningful relationships and watch as the blessings come back to us in so many ways. In his book, he talks about walking the way of truth by being open to listening to and seeing different perspectives, allowing Jesus to lead us along the way, the truth and the life. This means that we won't start every conversation believing we have all the answers, but are open to the truth, wherever we may encounter that truth. He also speaks about money and material resources and how we are called to be givers, even when we may think we don't have enough. Putting our trust in God as a God of abundance, we can give, knowing God will provide for our needs and will bless us as we give generously and joyfully to God's work in the world. But today, I want to lift up the important resource of leadership. Gracious leadership, to be exact. So what does that mean? Well, I thought about some people I believe were great leaders, and I'm sure you could probably name a few. Who do you think of as a great leader? Now, I think some of us would point to some of our presidents, like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. Some of us would point to people who made a change in the world in some way, like, say, Florence Nightingale or Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I think about some of our great military leaders, like Patton and Ulysses S. Grant. There are all sorts of great leaders, past and present, we could name. And it won't be long before we'll all have to make a decision on what makes a great leader as we head to the ballot boxes once again. So what makes a leader great? And what does gracious leadership mean for the church? 
Is it being a great is being a great leader in the world the same as being a great leader according to Jesus? Now our scripture today is probably familiar to most of us. We've more than likely heard about James and John asking Jesus for seats on his right and his left when Jesus comes into his kingdom, essentially asking to be second in command. And then he says to them, paraphrasing of course, you really don't know what you're asking for. Be careful. Can you really do what this job requires? And certainly they put on their game face and say, yes, put us in coach, we've got this. While those of us reading ahead and know the story are shaking our heads and saying, be careful what you ask for. You really don't understand what's going to happen. They believe they will be exalted, given glory. We know that Jesus is about to die on a cross, that being a leader in Jesus' world means sacrifice and possibly death. It's quite a different picture of leadership in the minds of those two brothers than what Jesus has in mind, what he knows to be the truth. Jesus tells them, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. What do you think of that job description? Great leader needed must be willing to be a slave of all the people you work with. Any takers? Would you and I take a job anywhere that we, are wi- that we willingly took on the role of a slave? I think that the response for most of us would be, you couldn't pay me enough money for that job. But there it is. Jesus said it. How do you think he'd respond about not being paid enough for that job? There is a reason he says this. It's not just some holier-than-thou model of living. It is a way of life and of giving life. In living his life this way, being a slave to us all, and serving us by dying on a cross to give us life. He showed us that money doesn't matter because we have the one thing that matters already, the grace of God shown to us in Jesus Christ. Grace, the unconditional, undeserved love of God, unmerited favor, We have received forgiveness for our sins and eternal life because of the love of God who sent Jesus, who became a slave to us all. It was all about us serving us. When we understand that and receive that grace through faith in Christ, Jesus reminds us that in following him, we too are called to a life of service. We share that grace with the world as we show the world what a life of grace looks like as we follow Christ. And we are called to lead with gracious leadership. So what does that look like in the church as we work to fulfill our mission of making disciples for the transformation of the world? See, we often think of leaders as strong, able to get people to do what they want in any situation, smart or at least insightful, visionaries, able to see the hidden talents in people and able to get the job done, whatever that job may be. Leaders usually get paid more or out in front and have status. We refer to it as a higher rung on the ladder sometimes. Why? 
because they're higher than those they're leading. So if we put that in the language that Jesus used, we might say, the first will be first and the last will be last. But Jesus likes to turn things upside down and he says quite the opposite. The first will be last and the last will be first. Have you ever really thought about that? How that could possibly happen? I mean, it makes my head hurt to think about it. I mean, really, if the first will be last, then they will really just go back to being first because the last will be first. And then they'll go back to being last because the first will be last. So has anything really changed? Well, yes. Yes, it has. You see, if leadership is like a ladder, then there are only two directions you can travel, up or down. In Jesus' leadership model, there are essentially no directions. The only way for the first to be last and the last to be first is for it to be a circle going around and around until you can't really tell who is leading or following. It's a cycle and a cycle of blessings. See, to be a leader in God's kingdom means we're full of grace from the word go. A gracious leader has a deep, meaningful relationship with Christ and is following him before they try to lead anyone else. A gracious leader understands that they are vessels of living water and act like it. They see their skills, their knowledge, their experiences and resources as given by God to flow through them and into the community in order to draw them to Christ, the source of life. A gracious leader sees all people as loved by God and sees their value. Because of their relationship with Christ, they understand that their job is to help others see their gifts and encourage and lead them to develop those gifts the ones God has given them. They understand the need to build and strengthen relationships, to give space, to walk in the light of truth for all, guiding and modeling a life of service and love. A gracious leader reveals the love of God through their developing patience, forgiveness, compassion, understanding, and their desire to see the best for all they encounter. We can tell people what to do, and even if it's the right thing, that doesn't make us good leaders. What makes us great is when we are able to help others become great followers of Christ, which actually makes them great leaders too. The first will be last, and the last will be first. It's a never-ending cycle. When we take the time to mentor others, build those relationships, and model a Christ-like life of service and love for others, we will become great leaders who follow. When we commit the time to take a leadership role in the church and work to raise up new leaders in the process, we are putting a cycle of blessings in place that will just keep on blessing us over and over. People aren't born as great leaders. They are trained. 
Just as scripture tells us, train up a child in the way they should go and they will not turn from it. It's the same with leaders in the church and in our community. If we lead them, if we teach them, if we love them, so they come to Christ, they won't forget. And they will begin that cycle with others. We know that leadership is hard in the real world. All that responsibility But Jesus calls us to more, a life of joy serving others and leading them to Christ. Like ever-flowing water, we can lead this world to life and hope. Will every one of us be in a leadership position? Probably not. Our gifts are so different. But we can all be gracious leaders that use our gifts of time and talents building relationships, leading others by example, and by serving in whatever way God calls us. And rest assured, God does call each one of us to serve in some way. That's what gracious leadership is, serving others in the name of Christ. In our passage from John this morning, Jesus says, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. He goes on to say, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He chose you. Imagine that. Why would he choose us if he didn't already know what we were capable of doing? I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Jesus calls us to love, to serve, and to lead this world into the way, the truth, and the life. Are we willing to be gracious leaders, leaders willing to be the slave of all? Will we go out and bear fruit, fruit that will last? Love really in the end is the only thing that lasts. Love God, love your neighbors, love yourself. Follow those three simple rules Wesley gave us for Christian living. Be willing to take the lead. Show the way to Christ in how you live and how you love. Use your gifts, whatever they may be, in the church, in your home, in your community, so that we can bring the world new life, transform it into a better place through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Step up. Take the risk. Be gracious leaders and serve in the name of Christ and the grace of God. Amen.